Diaz, and I am here with... Yes, hello, this is Dominic Maldonado. Thanks for having me, Omar. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Uh, it's very good to have you. So today we're going to be talking about a very special movie to me because it's uh, one of my favorite directors. Uh, Wes Anderson? <laughs> that's your favorite director. Because that is one of my favorite directors. <laughs> Um, but we're going to be talking about a uh, special Christopher Nolan picture. Okay. By the name of Interstellar. All right. Interstellar. So basically, Interstellar starts off with a uh, very young Matthew McConaughey um, in his prime, of course, right after <laughs> uh, right after his stint on uh, True Detective. So damn good. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, so starts off in uh in a cornfield as a farmer and uh what was it he he had been um an engineer he had been an engineer he was like an aeronautical or like electronics engineer uh and i believe it also opens up with a uh, a drone that had been flying around for a very long time and somehow yeah uh he had tracked it well not tracked it he more like just chased it down uh, hacked it while it was on the move and you know made it just kind of land somewhere safe so that he could have his own little drone yeah something that we can all do when when we get to that point in Christopher Nolan history right <laughs> just land drones right yeah just land Literally. just just hacking land drones with no repercussions you know, <laughs> beat up bad guys uh, man what yeah. other Nolan shit can we do <laughs> basically basically anything in terms of space is uh, is possible with Christopher Nolan yeah but yeah so Matthew McConaughey uh, is reached by NASA and um, he has to go on a space mission and leave his family for a little while and go up there and it turns out he's trying to find a new world for his earth to live in and um a whole new world as (laughs) disney would put it (laughs) a whole new world with magic carpets and all that it kind of (laughs) was and uh so it's either the new world or uh him and Anne Hathaway have to repopulate, which doesn't seem like a uh, terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, but they start off like uh, with these set of embryos, right? That are like uh, being, you know, cryo frozen for a bit. And uh, I don't know if I just want to start off with like you know a dozen kids. <laughs> you know, I'm not even really sure if I'm committed to Anne Hathaway like that. I mean, I thought her and uh, Rachel's getting married was cool. I thought she did okay as Catwoman. Yeah. But could she survive, you know, being my repopulation partner wife thing? <laughs> like, I don't know if I, you know what I'm saying? She's cute. But I just don't know if I can keep a thought around for, like, <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm hoping when I get to that planet, there's already some beautiful women looking like Ryza, Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. And you, I can start there. It sounds like you're going to end up on some uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> what's the guy's name? <laughs> the dead one? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're all dead now. <laughs> you're either the dead one or the one that gets their dick chopped off. <laughs> no, it's the one that has a... Has, his family is all his children, but he keeps making more family with all his girls. Gilly's dead. 
I'm not sure if I got to that part in Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh. Switch. That uh, seems a little incestuous. Right. It just uh, kind of feeds back into Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> true detective, yeah. <laughs> when they get to that Louisiana stuff. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we're getting lost in space anything. here. Yeah, this is all the spoiler alerts going out. <laughs> but um, So, yeah, as we were saying, so he, he hacks the drone, uh, finds out, you know, he needs to go to NASA, uh, gets there, and uh, what's the guy's name? Is it Michael Caine? Yeah. So a British guy is the head of the uh, U.S. Well, yeah, NASA. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we all have our... <laughs> that, that's a whole different that's story. That's whatever, yeah. <laughs> all right. Suspension of disbelief part two. <laughs> part one was he hacked the drone on the go, brought it down safely. Part two. And, all right. UK guys, head of... Okay, Head go of ahead. NASA. Yeah. So, basically, that's our, our plot line there, is that Matthew McConaughey and, and Matthew and Friends... As I like to call it, um, they go into into space and they try to find a new planet for the world to move to, for Earth to move to. Um, and so it's pretty it's pretty interesting story uh, dealing with some kind of older topics, uh, black holes and things of that nature. Um, and it, it gets really interesting because. Uh, if you watch any of the behind the scenes and things like that, you'll see that Christopher Nolan and his brother, uh, who helped, who helped make this picture, both kind of worked with uh, this NASA scientist and some other scientists out there to kind of get the the science and the the mathematics of it all correct, and um, and I don't know how honestly successful they were um i think of course they took their liberties as well, all filmmakers do oh mm-hmm. no doubt yeah <laughs> when you like <laughs> there, there's a lot of liberties taken uh no i'm not that type of scientist no disclaimer uh but just when you think about films in general right so you're in a firefight bam people are shooting boom boom pow pow right and you, you're reloading a clip after like 40 shots and you load in like another forty shot clip. It's like, well, damn, that was a, it's a whole lot of bullets, not a lot of accuracy going on here. It's just you know one of those liberties we take um, when you're blowing up a car, right? You you shoot it a few times and you hit the gas tank exactly, boom, that bitch just light up, flip over and just kill at least two or three baby mamas. It just doesn't work like that, right? Like it might have a little cloud of poof smoke, but it's harder shit to jumpstart those things sometimes. You telling me one bullet's gonna pop the whole thing of that ass up in the air no so when you go to space and you're saying all right you matthew mcconaughey and uh you extras the map pack right y'all gonna go to space and when you get to these different places something called time slippage due to the level of gravity right and it's just it's gonna fuck with you so your four-year trip just turned into was it 25 year or 15 year minimum trip yeah now that's the part that i guess i had trouble Believing and subscribing to, but because they chose that direction, I just went ahead with it because you know what the hell. I've never been to space, let alone through a transporting spherical presence white hole that took me to some other point in the galaxy and then yeah. chilled there for a bit, smashed a few bras and came back. I don't know how much time I'm gonna lose, but <laughs> and I suppose it's maybe a few years. But 
But that's the I think that's the thing. It's like when you when you really look at it, the scientists and every like especially the NASA scientists and some of the other people that they spoke to for the kind of source material of this movie, they really believe that this is a this is a phenomenon that can happen when it comes to space and time. You know, when you go out into space, there's already science that proves that there's a there's a a kind of change in time that happens and can it be so much that when you land on another planet to figure out whether it has life or not can you really lose like 10 years right or like 25 years in in the t- in and not even really notice it yeah due in to the span the of relativity. like yeah so they say a simple experiment for this is take two stopwatches or two iPads, whichever you happen to have on you. You put one at the center of a bicycle wheel, one at the very end of it. The bigger the bicycle wheel, the you know easier this experiment will get. Let it run for X amount of time. When you stop, stop both clocks. One will show one time. And uh, the one on the edge, further away from the center of the rim, mm-hmm. will have like a slower time. Yeah. And it's like, see, that, that shows right there that it's all mm-hmm. relative and us being this close to the sun versus that close to the sun and being next to somebody else's solar system and sun yeah. will affect your time. Yeah, and compare that to uh, somebody riding on a unicycle right next to the bicycle right. <laughs> with the huge wheel. Right, <laughs> The right. unicycle wheel will probably be way different than the other two wheels. Perhaps. I'm, again, not that kind of scientist. But, <laughs> or unicyclist. But or I'm, a scientist at all. Sorry, won't go that far. <laughs> Let's not get lost in the facts no more. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga did go to school, so <laughs> I do. I do have my bachelor's. I did, I did get a master's, so. <laughs> but it, this isn't about us. This is about the map pack. <laughs> yeah, the map pack and so, Chris Nolan. So yeah, it's 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 really interesting to kind of like go through and discover and hear um, hear kind of how Christopher Nolan and and uh, his brother um, talk to these scientists and. And thought of a way that they could change up this story to make it make it somewhat believable, but still um, entertaining. Still, yeah, entertaining, and take their liberties with the uh, with the information that they were given. Because I know once I saw once I saw the movie, and uh, I saw some of the science behind it, and. Um, some of the people that they were talking to, I, I for one don't care about astrophysics, <laughs> physics, astrophysics at all, and uh, I I wanted to work for NASA. I'm like, oh man, what am I doing working in the film industry as a technician? <laughs> I should, <laughs> should get out there and, and drop uh, forty years <laughs> to prove one fact that nobody gives a damn about. Yeah, write 13 books on black yeah, holes exactly. that nobody still knows anything about. Right. <laughs> Yo, America, we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Hey, everybody, welcome back to In Reality. Uh, so we were talking about Interstellar. Yes. And uh, some of the kind of uh, realistic expectations and uh, the liberties taken with it. And um, I really wanted to talk about kind of the end and uh, how the end played out. But before we do that, I want to uh, I want to address the the marketing 
of the movie. Really? Yeah. Well, what about the marketing? Uh, so I don't know if you remember, but when... Do they owe you $20? <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when the movie came out, I bet you, mm-hmm. and uh, you said you'd give me some... No, no, there was... <laughs> There's was, there was no bet, but... Um, I don't know if you remember, but for me, when I saw the trailers for Interstellar, I was really excited because, you know, Christopher Nolan's name was on it, but I never really knew what it was about. You know, the trailers kind of, it was kind of like a Cloverfield feel, like very vague. Yeah, specifically vague, vaguely specific, I agree. And I just remember that it came out after Gravity, and I was like, I don't know how you're going to be... Sandra Bullock, half naked body, tumbling through space in spandex <laughs> with Anne Hathaway. <laughs> oh, no. oh, but I mean, so I was like, oh boy, here we go. It's one of those things. Like there was a vampire phase, right? There was a yeah. zombie phase. Now we're in the space phase of film. So it's probably <laughs> everybody and a mama. Yeah. Well, I think. Well, Christopher Nolan's always kind of dealt with like time and. Um, passage of time and shifts in time and stuff like that right so i think it's a kind the, of a natural the temporal anomaly of, of all things i agree it, yeah so i think it's kind of natural for him but i thought it was really interesting how they kind of marketed the movie um and people never really knew what it was about they kind of saw that it had to do with space and saw matthew mcconaughey in a dirt field and as um, usual yeah <laughs> yeah but they never really discuss anything in terms of like black holes, I think, in the trailer. Do you remember anything like that? No, no, hell no. It was just Matthew McConaughey in a spacesuit starring, you know, Anne Hathaway and written by Chris Nolan. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guy who also rediscovered Batman. So we pretty much took his word on it. And yeah. I think, you know, he did a great job building his reputation to a point that we trusted him with this work. Like, yeah. he couldn't get Leonardo DiCaprio. And uh, an Academy Award, but I wouldn't say that's all his fault with the exception. Uh, yeah, right? I would say it's all Leonardo DiCaprio's fault. <laughs> uh, you'll find out throughout this podcast. I'm not a I'm not a very big fan of Leo DiCaprio. I'm sorry for those of you who I offend. Jeez, uh, like every every chick. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I digress. So yeah, I think um, just between those few things, yeah, that was plenty. Now, once I saw the film and I saw it go and. The thing to me that kind of was like a big turnoff was like Matt Damon. It's like what the fuck, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt, what is the? He's in another kind of yeah. He's another. I think it's called movie. Mars. And I'm like, Mar- what oh, fucking yeah. times are we gonna send this man to space? The, the Martian. The Martian. The Martian. You'll probably uh, you'll probably see that uh, from us in the future. <laughs> Subsequent <laughs> podcast, uh, we'll be getting around Martians. Yeah, while we do our whole space epic adventures, and we'll put them in a whole big series. Right. Don't don't worry, America, you'll eat this shit up as usual. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I thought it was interesting that they never really discuss in the trailers and things the uh, the very the very scientific and poignant fact that they were trying to get at. Uh, a lot of this, to me, was very similar to uh, the reboot film, Lost in Space. Uh, I think it came out in the late 90s, maybe the early 2000s. Um, and basically, the Earth was dying. Mm-hmm. Typical sci-fi plot there. And they had to leave Earth, go find a new Earth, and, you know, shit gets carried away, and they get lost in space. Mm-hmm. Very similar to this, right? They yeah. go out, try to get lost in space. The only difference is they can, in theory, come back through space. Mm. Right? So they can 
Using a black hole or... Uh... Uh, the same way they got in. It was like this spherical, like metaphysical bubble in space that had just appeared out of nowhere. Mm. And they, I guess, had sent a few satellites there. And you know, That sounds able... very black hole-like. No, no. So the black hole was different. So uh-huh. the black hole is a thing at the end. And they were saying, whatever goes in the black hole doesn't come out. We're not sure what goes in because anything we've ever sent in, you know, no light escapes. For damn sure, no satellites and iPhones escape. So... Yeah. We're not sure. And I guess Matt McConaughey felt like, you know, it was time to leave the map pack at the very end. So he took him, his giant ass, um, you know, iMac slash iPad of a robot. No, what was it? Case? Or, um, yeah. Uh, there was two of them. Case and... Uh, oh, I don't remember. The other one. Right. The other <laughs> one. The other Mr. Robot thingy. Yeah. And I really, really liked how they developed them as characters. Yeah. So they started off as robots. And the way they moved at first and talked, I was like, this is effing lame. And then seeing Matt, Matt's uh, reaction to them, I was like, why is he scared of these things? I don't get it, you know. Yeah. Just kick the fucking vending machine over. <laughs> but then you see it, uh, you know, just really unfold and uh, the way it can articulate its different components. And, uh, you know, it was, I felt they did an extremely good job with that. And I could definitely see that being like a plausible future of uh, robotics uh, yeah. being integrated you know with humans until we get to the ex machina phase we yeah. start fucking them but up until that point I'm thinking that yeah, yeah I'm sure we'll we'll delve into a little bit more of the kind of like robotics animatronics types of things when we get yeah. into things like uh, AI and uh, ex machina what's the other one that came out somewhat recently Ted 2 no. <laughs> <laughs> no not Ted 2 um, that's um, an AI based type thing AI based very uh Oh, um, it's one of the episodes of Black Mirror. <laughs> Black Mirror. I, I really want to get into Black Mirror. I don't know if we'll do that. But um, back to the topic at hand. So uh, speaking of black holes and, uh, and kind of uh, how it was dealt with in Interstellar, I want to go ahead and talk about the end. The end of it. And uh, how they have those different dimensions of the same room mm-hmm. and um, how the future I think they, the way that they say it is that the future world has somehow made it so that Matthew McConaughey in this black hole can see all of the past and help create uh, a present that is functional and can survive correct uh, survive the world Correct. so the portrayal of this is very interesting and I don't know uh, I don't know how I would have dealt with that I, I, I'm not sure the information that they put out there is I think that part is less believable for me than the whole space time because how can um Right, so they have constructed. So let's say, right, let's pretend we fast forward and we're at the point where we can reconstruct these temporally independent entities, right, black holes, and construct them in such a way that, very similar to a holodeck, we can program what is going to exist there and somehow connect that to all points in space time where that location exist yeah. so if you in their case it was a room and in their old house and he was looking at it through the span of several years 
Okay. Uh, does that mean if their house would have been demolished or torn apart by one of those damn dust farms that just rolls <laughs> through there so casually that in one of these rooms is just fucking corn, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, I don't know, if he goes back even further, it's still fucking corn because our house hasn't been built yet. Yeah. So, but, you know, I guess they don't bother with the edge of the details. Mm-hmm. Whoever set this room up for him specifically knew that these are the constraints and this is when you're going to do it and this is what you need to do. But they never left any instructions. He just had to figure out, how am I going to get this message from point A to B using nothing but gravity mm-hmm. and whatever mechanics I can influence around me. Yeah. when He can only influence, really, the, the books. And I think he did something with the sand or something like that. Right. Um, but it's so, it's so interesting to me because you look at a film like Back to the Future and you see how it can be just somebody going into a time travel vehicle going back to the past changing one thing and all of a sudden everything around them changes Mm -hmm. and then you look at a film like this and they go through such an intricate plot like the future Mm -hmm. world goes through such an intricate plot to fix one one guy and they don't even give him the answer they want him to discover the answer on his own right even though it's even though with their technology and they could have just provided they probably could have provided something or even provided something in the right. further in the past you're right and save all the black people that did not make it to the future <laughs> oh shit were or, there any were there any black people in that last scene or anything like that or any of the scenes or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway it's it's i don't know it's just interesting to me how um how they created this kind of very intricate plot and this intricate design um, to have future people who are very intelligent design a, a kind of puzzle for Matthew McConaughey. Just one person. They don't even design a puzzle for for the world as a whole to help them or give them any answers. It's just a puzzle for Matthew McConaughey in a black hole is it because he only went into the he's the only person to have gone into a black hole or uh, I don't know that's interesting to me that's a good question yeah was this was this a one off did they do it for this one person this one instance and that's mm-hmm. why it is so unique and yeah. the answer just came to him so naturally yeah or is this something that they do for to solve a lot of other problems that they may have had and they just trapping motherfuckers in black holes you know until they figure shit out <laughs> it's like a Saw movie right <laughs> figure, figure it out if you don't figure it out you're gonna die you're fucking dead and the next thing you know right we, we finally solve all these great problems you know and we, we you know just next generation technology that we use for just totally rudimentary purposes like anything with the fucking screen and internet just gets declared you know just porno <laughs> regardless of all the things you can do to help the world right <laughs> and water's just meant to be shook up and sprayed on you know topless parties yeah, regardless of all those thirsty people in Africa but yeah, like idiocracy just like the smart people are stuck in black holes while the dumb people live on earth and, and trap people in more black do holes stupid things good lord um yeah alright all right now, but yeah, but to refocus, so that was a that was 
Ah, uh, would you call that a plot hole? That whole black hole instance. I, I wouldn't call it a plot hole. I just think that it's it's very interesting the way that they did it, and I also think that um, when I was watching the behind the scenes of the science of it all, they were discussing uh, a lot of the. They weren't really. They didn't discuss the science of that kind of thing. They discussed how black holes are kind of formed and things like that. And then they also had another piece uh, in the special features that discussed the um, the design of it and how they wanted to create all those layers and things like that. But they never really discussed why they wanted to do it like that in the first place. Uh, good point. It might have just come down to the resources they had and just kind of fill it with your imagination, right? Because who the... Who the fuck is going to argue with you about what's in a black hole? Except Jesus. Outside of Jesus, nobody else is going to... You have no comeback. You're right. There's no repercussion. Yeah. There is no consequence. No scientist is going to be like, actually, from what I've experienced... <laughs> when I went into my black hole, yeah, there, like, there are going to be people that say that. Right. But they're insane. <laughs> they are mentally insane until they figure out whatever puzzle they have their ass is sitting there for. They're not saying anything. They don't say a damn thing. But um, yeah. So this also reminded me of just uh, mm-hmm. another callback to another Nolan film, Inception. Right when they go several levels deep into each other's minds. Yeah. And at the last level, if you die within a dream, in a dream, in a dream, right, yeah. you go to this uh, limbo. Exactly. And, and nobody limbo. knows what's there except for anybody that's been there and had to like fill it. So yeah. it kind of reminded me of this similar situation of going to this complete unknown yeah. thing, and um, and also had a, their similar issue with time slippage. Yeah, and so we kind of saw that. This is just some parallels in his film, so maybe that's why he chose that yeah. approach to it. He had a different DP on this film too, so mm. I, I think um, I don't know. I think maybe he he likes to do that kind of stuff. I know you were saying Inception and does like. They have the the revolving uh, hallway that was a really cool kind of like design element that mm-hmm. they implemented and they had to do a really cool rig for it um, behind the scenes. And I think that this was kind of just another challenge. They said it went down to last minute, like they were trying to still figure this out. So maybe it's a challenge that he puts it against himself to kind of do it, um, to take his filmmaking to the next level. Mm. Um, story-wise, I... I I think it I don't know if it if I'm thinking that it lacks or it's just different, you know. So uh Yeah, I I don't know. I think they did a pretty decent job. Hmm. I concur. I concur. <laughs> uh, and that is I believe our our full take yeah on Interstellar, Christopher yeah. Nolan film if you haven't seen it. Spoiler alert, if you heard this first. <laughs> yeah, you you messed up listening to this if you haven't seen it. Make sure to check out what I'm watching at letterbox.com slash theoman. And you can find me online at letterbox.com slash southernscholar. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. And email us with any comments, suggestions, or anything else at inreality at gmail.com. 